in the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the new, he's not new anymore, the National Security Advisor. His name is Jake Sullivan. Number one, he's got to work on that name, Jake. Jake is too informal a name to be the National Security Advisor. We used to have a guy named McGeorge Bundy, General Brent Scowcroft. Now we have Jake. And he kind of looks like a Jake. Nothing wrong with the name Jake. Well, I guess there is a little bit wrong with it, right? It's too informal. Call yourself Jacob. Call yourself whatever. You can't, you can't be a presidential, uh, advisor with the name Jake. It's just too, it's too, uh, flippant almost, right? Anyway, the National Security Advisor, NSA. He really should be, I, I, I like, do you like this? NDA, the National Destruction Advisor. The country is imploding all over the place and in large part because of Joe Biden and his team. And not one of these guys got fired after our miserable, horrific, catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Jake still goes on the Sunday shows to talk about the next thing he's screwing up. The next thing that we are. (laughs) If you don't get rid of anybody, they're going to make the same mistakes again and again and again. And this goes to Biden. This goes to Joe. He is uh, not a manager. He's just barely holding on. Democrats really are beside themselves apparently they don't have like they don't have a way to get rid of him uh but they do have a way to get rid of him (laughs) they don't have a way to convince him they don't have a way to reason with him because he's such a nasty mean hothead and he thinks he knows everything so you know how the justice department right now is going after eric adams you know how the justice department is going after uh uh menendez in new jersey uh, you know how the Justice Department is uh, going after, well, anybody that Joe Biden doesn't like. Um, whoever is pulling the trigger on that, they can. you can be shot by your own gun. All right? That's what I think is going to happen to Joe. This, this system that he's created, this monster that he's actually been feeding his entire political life, I hate to say it, but weaponizing the Justice Department to go after your enemies. You know, you could do it in a place like Delaware, especially in the 70s and 80s. Nobody was looking. We didn't have the Internet. You you, you couldn't go to social media. You couldn't. The The system was more possibly more rigged then than it is now. And you could go after somebody like Jill's ex-husband because you didn't like him and you didn't want him around. And you can haul him into federal court. And charge him with non-payment of federal payroll taxes in a federal court, in a federal indictment, a grand total of eight days after the taxes were due. This is a true story, and it's unbelievable, and it's so illustrative of Joe and how he sees the world and how he operates. He doesn't like a guy, a totally great guy named Bill Stevenson, and Joe Biden stole Jill from him. Bill is a great guy. He doesn't, he doesn't blame Jill. He has nothing bad to say about her, but he can't stand Joe Biden because this guy, Joe, has tried to ruin his life ever since in big ways and small. And it's not just because they both uh, were involved with the same woman. Uh, it's because, well, he's tried to sabotage his life. He's tried because, you know, Jill 
sued. In divorce, you sometimes you sue, right? There's a lawsuit. goes to court. And everything was working out and everything was reasonable. And they had a really decent deal that was very good to Jill on the table. All right, we're going to sign this. Everybody's coming to court today. We're going to sign the deal. And then Jill says no. Because Jill got some lawyer that Joe Biden recommended. And they blew up the deal. And Jill wanted more from Bill. And we think that Joe is the guy who uh, motivated her. So they go to court. Long battle. Eight, eight months, right? And it's decided, this is pretty wild. It's decided, yeah, Jill is actually entitled to like $1.5 million in the house. But then the judge does something remarkable. The judge says, well, let me go through this though for a second. All right, $1.5 million. Now let's see what Bill Stevenson has already paid. Did Bill Stevenson pay for Jill's schooling? Yes. Oh, he did. Okay. Well, that's about $700,000 right there. If you factor in future earnings and everything like that. Okay. Did, uh, did Bill Stevenson give her a car? Yes. Did Bill Stevenson give her this? Did it give her that? All right. The way we see it, <laughs> this is the judge. Jill Biden owes, uh, Bill Stevenson about $30,000. <laughs> it was, it was a remarkable thing. So they, they thought they won for a few minutes and then the judge is like, okay. By my tabulation, fine, this is your st- – well, he's already paid all this money. And what did that do to Joe? It made him so mad. And he went after this guy. Then, can you see it now? It wasn't enough that – all right, he was because Joe would have kept the low profile. He'd be embarrassed, sheepish that he fooled around with this guy's wife. But no, what really – the, the motivation is he got humiliated by Bill Stevenson. And he's been out for revenge Ever since. And he screwed up some business arrangements the guy had. He tried to throw him in jail. And that's small town, that's small town southern politics from like 60, 70, 80 years ago, right? And it was still hanging on in Delaware in 1972. You could do this to your political enemies. It was a different time. Hey, listen, I love Richard Nixon. Listen to Richard Nixon on those tapes. He's sicking the IRS on everybody. Now, the IRS won't listen to him, but he was just doing what the deep state does. He was trying to control the deep state. Get them to do what they were always doing for the Kennedys. You know? <laughs> I hope so. Hey, John F. Kennedy, oh, by the way, I was talking to somebody about Riverdale in the Bronx. The Bronx is an amazing place. I lived in the Bronx when I went to Fordham University. Did you know that John F. Kennedy, the 30, what, fifth president of the United States, lived in the Bronx? He lived in a great big house. Granted, it was, you know, a nice part of Riverdale, but he lived in the Bronx. That's kind of cool. You know who else lived in the Bronx? His ultimate assassin. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald lived in the Bronx. Lee Harvey Oswald lived in New York City for about a year or two. He lived on East 92nd Street, two blocks away from where Barack Obama would live many years later. It's kind of amazing, New York, you know. it's uh, Everything happens here. Everybody comes through here. On one street in New York City, one street, four presidents, I think five? It's East 65th Street. You know who lived there in terms of our presidents? General Grant, who became President Grant. Uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. No, nothing to fear but fear itself. We were talking about him. Uh, Donald Trump lived on East 65th Street for a while. And Richard Nixon, all on one block. And, you know, if this were in Ohio, it would be like the Avenue of the Presidents. They would never let you forget if two presidents came from the same block. In fact, I think the motto of Ohio is... State of the Presidents, because 
I don't know how many came from there, but an unusual number. And anyway, just one of the many magical things about New York. Does anybody know who Wes Moore is? Wes Moore is the new governor of Maryland, and he is nauseating. Oh, man, the fake news put him on TV again. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll say this for him. He's got a he's got a resume. Yeah, that's great. He you know was in the army and he went to this school and that school. And but we're supposed to be really impressed with him. I know a lot of people who are in the army. I know a lot of people who have nice resumes, but I'm supposed to be really impressed because it's Wes Moore. I'm like, why am I supposed to be so impressed? Well, he's so articulate. I'm like, uh, I know a lot of articulate people. Well, uh, he's black. Really? Am I supposed to be impressed? All those things, right? Is this why the fake news falls in love with them? Yes. It's actually why they do fall in love with them. Because the fake news has such a weak understanding of people. Uh, they have a kind of a, a an ancient throwback view of race. They call it the bigotry of soft expectations. And they, they oh my goodness gracious, what a, what a pleasant young man. I'm like, all right, get in line. He looks like everybody else. I don't understand what the big deal is. It is a big deal. They put him on all the Sunday shows. I saw him on like the 15th Sunday show yesterday. He's a, he's not even one year into his first term, one year in to his first year as governor. And he's all over the place. He's the next Barack Obama. And why is that? Well, like Obama, the race, right? It's, it's, it's the race thing. Cause I looked it up. You know, there are like seven people who are elected governor in 2022. And Wes Moore is the only one they talk about. Wes Moore. Um, the other one they actually talk about a little bit is the new governor in Massachusetts. And the thing that they like about her is she's a lesbian. I don't care, but uh, the fake news does. Maura Healy. Okay, but all right, so she gets some press. Uh, but does Sarah Huckabee Sanders get any press? Has the mainstream done anything about her? How about, uh, let's see, these guys, like the new governor, Jim Pillen. Anybody do Has he been on The View yet? No. <laughs> uh, because he's male, pale, and stale. What about Joe Lombardo, the new governor from Nevada? Wait, Jim Pillen's in Nebraska. Never see him outside of Nebraska. Joe Lombardo, Nevada. Never see him outside of Nevada. These are... Pale, male, and stale. And by stale, I mean, you know, they're 50-something. So what? Westmore is 40-something. I got it. That boy can throw, as Joe Biden once said. Yeah, he seems to be very physically fit. Um, And that's it. Hey, 100,000 march in support of Israel in Paris. That's nice to see. That's a really nice thing to see. If Paris is one of the most anti-Semitic places on, in, in, on the planet. I, uh, I, I, it breaks my heart because it's such a beautiful city and wonderful people there, except for all the crazy anti-Semites and the, uh, uh, the, the, the war on faith that seems to be happening. Um, that's happening right now. Uh, let's see here. I do want to play you this. It's from the fake news yesterday. Tony Blinken. Give it up, Tony. Cut four. We appreciate the fact that, uh, yesterday Israel announced, um, four-hour pauses uh, with a three-hour notice in specific areas, as well as two humanitarian corridors that will allow people uh, to move uh, more safely and freely to get out of harm's way and also to access assistance. Far too many Palestinians have been killed 
far too many have suffered uh, these past weeks. And we want to do everything possible to prevent harm to them and to maximize the assistance that gets to them. Well, look, I never want to see noncombatants, uh, I want to, innocent women and children killed. Uh, but who's actually going to be moving during those suspensions with a three-hour heads up? I think the military is going to be readjusting, right, their, source, their, their resources, uh, their fires, their, all that stuff. The military, it gives them a huge advantage. Nobody was asking for a four-hour pause as we were pounding on the Taliban in 2001, right, or the Republican Guard in Iraq. Did we take any timeouts? No, we didn't, and neither should Israel. Neither should Israel. And something tells me, and I think this is actually a good thing, they're giving us something, uh, lip service, lip service, because I'm sorry, you can't take time. You take a timeout in war once you've won. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, the fake news is... uh, all excited here, all excited because the Supreme Court, I guess they've adopted a formal code of conduct for the justices. Now, what is this all about? This is about uh, they're trying to screw over and trying to embarrass Justice Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas. He's been through so much. I wonder, I wonder if this is internally this might really annoy him because he didn't do anything wrong. But this pro publica, this silly website has been going nuts trying to say that he did something wrong in taking uh, a gift from a friend. You know, if a friend wants to give you, give you a ride on a plane, he can give you a ride on the plane. It's okay. It's okay. You can look it up. This guy has recused himself from anything that involved this uh, this one guy. Harlan Crow is his name. He's a rich guy. Uh, he's a benevolent man. Uh, he never asked T- Justice Thomas to do anything wrong. Um, you can have friends, you can have, (laughs) you can have friends. And I just hate the way the media has oversimplified this. They've tried to make it about Clarence Thomas, who is a great man. You can go a slightly deeper and point out that, uh, Justice Sotomayor got a huge book deal and never recused herself from matters involving the publisher, which seems kind of outrageous, right? I think that's the case. The other thing is, you know what? They probably should pay these justices more. They should probably pay them a million dollars each, actually. I am actually surprised why some of them want to be justices. They pay them about $200,000, $200,000 a year, which is a fine salary, absolutely, but not when you're making a million dollars at a law firm. What's his name? Justice Thomas. No, Justice. Uh, who's the chief justice? Uh, justice Roberts. In 2005, when he was uh, appointed, in 2005, almost 20 years ago, he was making a million dollars a year. And you take this incredible cut in pay. Why? To be, I mean, I, I, you know, why? To wear the robe? I, I, all right, it's an important job. Why don't we pay them more? And I do believe that there's kind of this expectation and a wink and a nod that you can get free stuff, okay, because you're not supposed to spend a dime here. You make $200,000 a year, but guess what? You put $200,000 a year in the bank. You get to keep it all. You don't have to spend a dime. I actually thought that that was there's something to be said for that, for those guys, that one group. But I don't know. I don't know. Justice Thomas has been through through so much, and um, he shouldn't have to put up with much more. You know what I mean? Um, Gail, hello. 
Good afternoon, Greg. I'm listening to you. Um, I was thinking these people walking around now like sheep being led by wolves is almost like the Ferguson effect that the two-term administration let it burn. And now it was never rebuilt the proper way for the mom and pops. And then the rock star went on the apology tour emboldening the Middle East uh, to terrorism. And um, I think he should go on his final uh, retirement tour. These terrorist children that are running around wearing the colors of terrorism. I'm not talking about Palestinians. I'm talking about the flags of Hamas. And if they think the city's coming back, I don't know. The tree is coming. Who's going to go into the city with their children to look at the tree? Are they going to clear that over like they're doing over in San Francisco? Hey, uh, who should retire? Who should retire? You said somebody should retire. Yeah, Obama. Oh, that guy. He's going to be around for a long time. You know, he's only uh, 60. How old is that guy? 61 or 62 years old. Remember they had that stupid birthday party for him in the middle of COVID? Nobody else could do anything. But he, uh, you know, up in Martha's Vineyard, right where that chef of his died the other day and nobody seems to care. He's found nude in the water, dead, and Obama's at home. We don't know anything. Nobody will tell us anything. Anyway, he's not going to retire. And you're right. He did a lot of damage, a lot of damage to American prestige and power during – because he's not into America. He just didn't give a damn. It was more about him and his Kenyan roots, even if he was born in America. It was always about him, right? Just not that into us. Like that book, you know, maybe he's not that into you. He wasn't into us. He fooled us, Gail. Well, not you and me, but, well, actually, he did fool me for a little while. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Saturday Night Live has stunk for a very long time. I remember as a kid, it was such an interesting show. What a treat. Stay up late. Watch these brilliant comedians. Uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin. Later, uh, people like Eddie Murphy, Joe Piscopo. And then it took a real dive. It's been terrible for a long time. But they actually had a pretty good skit on... (laughs) Saturday night. It was about the Republican debate. Yeah, they're going after Republicans. And yeah, they're going after Trump. But they did it in kind of a funny way. I think it's funny. I think he can, we can laugh at ourselves. We can laugh at Trump a little bit here and there, right? He's an amazing guy. But I love Trump impressions. The ones who do him smart, who do him right. Anyway, so what happened here? All right, so it's the debate. It's midway through the debate of uh, last week. And they, they make fun of Christie and they make fun of uh, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and somebody else. And then Trump, the guy who plays Trump, walks in in the middle of the debate and everybody freezes. And that's so that's the setup here. So we're actually starting midway through the skit when Trump shows up. Go ahead. How adorable. (laughs) They actually think they've got a chance. Sad in some ways, but in other ways, funny. Can you believe it, folks? 91 indictments, four trials, and I'm still the best choice. (laughs) Now they're all stuck behind me and there's nothing they can do about it, just like in real life. 3%, 8%, 14%, 5%, 5%, and how about poor Tim Scott, huh? 1%, very low. 
Lower than, frankly, milk. <laughs> Apparently there's a milk lower than 1%. People are calling it skim. We've never had it. We don't drink it. But we like Skim Scott. We love him and his girlfriend. <laughs> Not a lot of chemistry between those two, right? <laughs> to make me and Melania look like Daler and Travis. <laughs> and how about Vivek Ramaswamy? We like to say Ramaswamy. <laughs> but do we like him? He makes it hard, doesn't he, folks? <laughs> this kid, he checks a lot of boxes. He's rich. He's rude. He's got weird hair. He's a lot like me, except for one thing that matters a lot to my horrible, horrible base. White. Sad. He's going nowhere. Stop. All right. That, that was he was he was on a roll there. Right. He's rich. He's rude. He's got weird hair. <laughs> he called Mega a horrible base. And like we have something, a problem with uh, the vague. Because he's not white. This is this shows you actually just how non-racist MAGA is, right? All the heroes in the MAGA movement, all the heroes, the total heroes who happen to be not white. It just has nothing to do with race. That's what the left will never, uh, I don't know, understand. Give us credit for it. It's like it's just like MAGA. MAGA. It does not matter. It does not matter where you came from. It doesn't matter. It's ideas. All about ideas. What you're thinking. All right. It's the opposite of racism. Keep going though. Who SNL has playing him? Poor Ego. <laughs> you don't like it. She doesn't like it. She used to be Lisa from Temecula. Now she's Vivek from Ramaswamy. <laughs> and look who they got playing Meatball Ron. One of the Destroy Boys. Ron's watching it. I'm like, who the hell is that? Poor Ron DeSantis. Even SNL doesn't think he has a chance. If they did, it'd be like Paul Rudd or something in there, right? <laughs> and how about Nikki Haley, right? I call her bird brain, but only in public. <laughs> she made some terrible points in that debate. I think. I don't really know. I have trouble hearing women over 25. No! But uh, let's be honest. We're not going to have a president whose name is Nikki. <laughs> president Nikki. Just doesn't sound right. Probably because it's a woman's name. And how could we forget Chris Christie? It's actually pretty easy. You just walk away. <laughs> Isn't it sad, folks? None of them can beat Joe Biden, the worst president since, frankly, me. <laughs> Joe Biden, he's so old. The mentals are clearly in decline. And I am losing it also. You're seeing it all the time. We're seeing it a lot. <laughs> I say things like, I'm beating Obama. That's not right, but I say it. It's fun. <laughs> And they say, why aren't you at the debate, Mr. Trump? Where's Trump? But I couldn't be at the debate because I'm very, very busy. I'm going from trial to trial. I'm basically doing house hunters, but with courtrooms. But how horrible are these trials, making all my children testify against me? My sweet little middle-aged criminal children. So awful to bring in the family. It'll be very sad when I pin it all on one of them, probably Eric. <laughs> all right, stop wow. for a second. Now they're getting below the belt. All right, I just got to put it in case any Trumps are. All right, we don't, we don't agree with this guy, but it's kind of funny, right? The whole presentation is funny. And also there's a rawness there. There's a rawness that is so, so Trump. And I think my favorite line from the whole thing is about to happen. Keep going. Look at him back there, still frozen, trying not to blink, trying not to move. <laughs> Stuck on stage while I cook. 
But they're after me, folks. They're coming after me. They're saying I committed fraud. Not true, okay? Not true. I've committed a lot of things. Adultery, treason, a lot of fraud, perhaps. I've been on my best behavior in court. The judge asks, did you approve these financial reports? And I very respectfully say, you're a dumbass. This is a sham. When I'm president again, I'll have you executed. That's the line. I like that. big fans, especially Tish James. Attorney General, who is very racist, the worst kind of racism, racism against whites. After everything we've done for the world in terms of airplane and with regard to Beach Boys. So that concludes the debate, and that's probably a wrap on some of these impressions as well. Look at Ego, so relieved. Anyway, I'll pick one of these lucky five. To be my VP, or in many ways, I will not at all. <laughs> Maybe in my third term. I think it's great. All right, come on. It's good. I think you can love Trump and love that impression. Don't you? All right? It's obviously over the top. It's obviously exaggerated. That's what impressions do. And uh, good stuff. What is that guy's name, by the way? I don't know anybody who's on, except for, uh, I don't even know that guy's name. Who the hell is on that show? Who? What is the name of that guy? Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. We'll find out. The other thing is this. You know, folks, uh, Veterans Day over the weekend. And veterans, those who serve. You know, people don't realize that serving in the military is very dangerous, even when you're not at war, right? People die in training accidents all the time. It's more or less routine. I hate to say it, but... Uh, but crashes of this magnitude, helicopter, five guys on it in the eastern Mediterranean. This ABC News uh, going through it. Uh, let's listen to that. Please go. Other developing story tonight, a tragedy in the Mediterranean. Five U.S. Army Special Operations soldiers killed in a helicopter crash. The Pentagon says the aircraft went down due to a mishap during a refueling training mission. And tonight, new details on why those crew members were in the region in case they were needed to help evacuate Americans from the Middle East. ABC's Jay O'Brien reporting from the White House tonight. Tonight, the urgent investigation into the helicopter crash that killed five U.S. Special Operations soldiers in the eastern Mediterranean Sea near Cyprus. Officials saying the MH-60 helicopter went down due to a mishap while it was conducting a routine air refueling mission during training late Friday night. There's very little room for air when you're aerial refueling at night overnight with night vision goggles at low altitude. And sometimes small mistakes can turn into tragedy. In a statement, President Biden acknowledging Veterans Day weekend, saying Jill and I are praying for the families and friends who have lost a precious loved one, a piece of their soul. Our entire nation shares their grief. This crash, the latest in a string of deadly accidents during military training. In August, three Marines were killed and 20 injured when an Osprey crashed during drills in Australia. In March, two Army Black Hawks collided in midair, killing nine service members training in Kentucky. And a month later, two Army Apache helicopters crashed into each other while returning from training in Alaska. Three soldiers were killed. And Rachel, we're learning tonight those five special operations soldiers killed in that helicopter crash were deployed to the eastern Mediterranean in the first place to stand at the ready to possibly help evacuate American citizens in the wake of the Israel-Hamas war. All right. Yeah, sad stuff, but it happens a lot. 
Hey, the only line in that thing that I didn't like, uh, basically they said it crashed due to a mishap. That's, that's like saying it crashed due to a crash, right? It's the same thing. It's synonymous. Uh, that night refueling. So this helicopter, H-60, H-60 is what president, uh, the president flies in when he's overseas. It's like a slightly sleeker, uh, version of Marine One. It's a little bit lower. It's very cool. You've seen it before. It's very common in our military. But did you hear it? It happened during a refueling mission at night. I got to tell you, I've done that myself, and it is a <laughs> can be terrifying. Can be one pain in the neck, especially refueling at night at low altitude. Um, it is hard. It's one of those things. When I heard about it, when I heard that we had to do that at night. I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that was part of the deal. Yeah, you got to do it at night. You got to refuel at night. Now think about it. You got a gas station. You got a great big plane, right? That has a lot of gas and two hoses hanging off the back, hanging from the wings. They got two hoses. And me and my little jet or a helicopter, you got a little, you got to fly up to that hose and then you got to put out, um, the receptacle, your little, uh, little, little, basically, uh, uh, a probe with an aperture at the end, and it just, you hook that into the basket. We call it a basket because there's this round thing on it. It looks a little bit like a basket. And then you f- push the hose. You got to, like, fly a little bit faster than the than the airplane that's giving you the gas. So you push the hose in about three or four feet, and then the gas starts flowing. And this is happening in the middle of the sky, in the middle of the night. Now, doing it during the day... No problem. Although that can be a problem too. Uh, but at night and at low altitude, man, because low altitude, the, 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 uh, the air, there's far more, a lot more turbulence close to the, uh, ground and it's, um, it's, it's, it's scary. I've been scared a couple of times, not many, but a handful of times in a plane. And one of them was refueling at night, trying to get in the basket. And there are some times where if you don't get in the basket, if you don't get gas, you're going to be in a lot more trouble. You gotta get the gas. Imagine running out of gas at night over water. That would not be a good situation, obviously. And it happens. Happens all the time. So really sorry to hear about that. And, uh, but that's military life. Hey, Megan Rapino, that silly soccer player with the purple hair who can't stop talking about being a lesbian. Um, it's one thing to be a lesbian. It's one thing to be, but there are other things to talk about. Don't you think? Right. I mean, publicly, right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, especially if you're a soccer player, you know, how to get that, uh, how to get that ball into the net and, uh, how to juggle. You ever hear soccer players juggle? She talked about everything other than soccer. Everything other than soccer, Megan Rapino wanted to talk about. She wanted to talk about social security. She wanted to talk about, uh, uh, lesbianism in the workplace and out of the workplace. And I think she was just trying to hook up half the time. I'm serious. I think she was talking about her sexuality so much that it was like a great big personal ad. Megan Rapino, the basketball player. I'm sorry. What is she again? Soccer player is out. She's finished. She was retiring. But the wild thing is, and it's kind of funny, but sad too. I don't want it to happen, but she got a, she got injured. Not like she's never going to walk again injured, but she got some sort of injury and then the last 10 seconds of her career. Now, she's been such a big mouth, shooting her mouth off about something, stuff that has nothing to do with soccer, always trying to hook up with somebody. And uh, remember she went to City Hall and she was cursing left and right? She was cursing like crazy. I can't stand it. Uh, We have to pretend that we like the Women's World Cup. 
Nobody likes the Women's World Cup. The, the, the field is way too big for them. It's like watching a bunch of kids play chase the ball. Diego, you're a big soccer fan. You're from Mexico. Soccer's a lot bigger down there. And I know a lot of hipsters like to pretend that we like soccer up here, football, whatever. Um, but we don't like soccer, especially women's soccer. Would you agree that the field is too big for the women? Yes, sometimes sometimes it does seem like that way. Right, that way. totally. Now, I will say this. I do get in, in the last 15 minutes, I kind of get into the men's, if I'm watching and it's the World Cup and it's the final game, and you you, you have this weird feeling. You think if you root, you're kind of helping the team. I don't know what it is. It's like this psychosis. But you think like, come on. But it's very tedious, and there's a lot of back. But the men have ball control. The women don't. Have they ever thought about making the field smaller for women? It would be a whole thing to change it, to, no, it to flip it, everything. No. It would take manpower and, and a lot of wages. It would to do take that. one guy with the uh, powder that makes a line, right? One guy, maybe two, maybe three, and they make the powder with the line. And then they just do it, and then they, they could put green paint over it afterwards. The NCAA, the, the athletic officials, they used to focus on that stuff. Now they're focused on gender and all that, but it's too, thank you for backing me up on that because that is my beef with the women's soccer. In addition to how political it's come and how so many people pretend they like it when it really stinks. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So it's 22 years since that American Airlines flight crashed in the Rockaways, huh? Everybody on board was killed. A couple of people on the ground were killed. Luckily, not more people were killed on the ground. It actually crashed in a very narrow spot uh, in the Rockaways. I was there. At least I tried to get myself there. I actually got down to the Rockaways. I remember well when that happened. It was right after 9-11. A lot of people were worried that it was um, uh, terrorism. Let's see. That plane took off from JFK. It was going to the Dominican Republic. A lot of a lot of Dominican-Americans were on board. Really, really sad, terrible mishap. Now, what happened was... People don't realize this. When a plane takes off or is landing or any big jet plane has something behind it, you know how a boat has a wake, right? You look behind a boat and there's a wake. Well, airplanes have a wake as well. They have a great big wake, and you can see it. You often, I'm not talking about when it's low. I'm not talking about that smoke that comes out, but it creates disturbance in the air. And if you're flying behind one, your plane could flip right over. They would always say when you're flying, you know, uh, caution, wake turbulence. And there has to be a, an adequate amount of separation between you and the plane in front of you, especially if you're a small plane and the plane in front of you is a big plane. Anyway, the uh, American Airline Flight 587 got caught up in the wake turbulence of a plane in front of it. The pilot tried to correct for it, I believe, with a rudder input, but it was an overcorrection and the plane went down. May not have been the pilot's fault because the training, I think, was lacking, and the plane that took off in front, was that, I don't want to say the airline, but I think it was a European airline, and they objected like crazy. Uh, lawsuits, i uh, got to find out what the lawsuits did. But I, I recall New York 1, I was working there, and they got very upset that I went to the scene of the crash. And they said, well, you should have gone to City Hall. I'm like, why go to City Hall? Well, you were with, uh, it's a plane crash. I want to go to the plane crash. What do you mean? And uh, they called me in, and they used to, that's when I realized I wasn't quite fitting in at New York 1. Um, and that was the second time. Well, then, then something else happened bad at New York 1. Um, now, I'll share it some other time. I'm glad I worked at New York 1. Some great people there. But I learned a lot about the ways of the world. And uh, 
office politics and all that kind of stuff. I do have to go, so we'll go to Mimi real quick. Hello? Hi. I lived on Shakespeare Avenue in the Bronx at the tip Robert Kennedy Sr. Uh, went on the roof of the Sacred Heart Church, and all the priests and all the nuns were around him, uh, all the people. Uh, so I remember that event. And I wanted to talk about uh, TikTok. Uh, they're the ones who put the announcement that the college students should go out and march for for the for Hamas. Uh, TikTok is terrible and it's destroying this country. Thank you, Mimi. Barbara, hello. Hi, hi, Greg. I um, heard you talking about uh, Israel and their pauses for supposedly civilians to get to a safer place, and you were questioning that. And I think back to what Golda Meir said in the 60s, and I, I quoted it on your show, and I feel that's at work here, where she said, no one, the world hates a Jew who hits back. And so Israel has to, in the midst of these heinous attacks, they have to deal with what Golda Meir saw back in the 60s, the, the disposition of the world to blame Jews and to hate them and to attack them. So that's just a, another example of them trying to walk that fine line. I also wanted to mention, you talked about the boy who was beaten up and, and killed he was trying to help a younger friend, and his father wrote, and his father said that the, the whole family does not believe in violence. The son did not believe in violence, and that's an example of one person standing up trying to do the right thing. And by the way, I read that story early this morning, written by a person who stands up to do the right thing, written by the blogger at independentsentinel.com which has been on for about 12 years. It's Long Island-based. And before the election, the last election, which Trump uh, supposedly lost, the independentsentinel.com had a million followers on Facebook. Right after the election, Facebook took the page down with no explanations, no answers, whatever, and devastated the work that had been done on that for 12 years, oh. build up those followers. Unbelievable. And, but he's still in business, right? Still doing it every day. IndependentSentinel.com. Barbara, thank you. Eric, Christine, Adam, and the rest. Sorry I didn't get to you. Eric, you be sure. Adam, you too, to call back tomorrow. Many thanks. I'll see you soon. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.